0: I broke Arizona records.
1: Rod! I went to Arizona State! Rod! I'm a Sun Devil, man! State of the Sun Devils, from Arizona Sports, with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson.
2: Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils, alongside Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson. I'm Jeremy Schnell. We're back at it, guys. We're in the studio. We have a lot to talk about. Not a lot of time to do it, so let's get right into it. Jesse, what's the most important thing going on in ASU Athletics right now? Tell me. Right swimming. Now. Swimming. It's swimming. It's swimming. Yeah. Men's. Swimming? Men's swimming. It's it's awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah. This dude's a tank. Leon uh, Marchand or Marchand. <laughs> I, I have to ask for his uh, pronunciation. Uh, dude has won the 400 IM, set the NCAA record at the. Uh, men's swimming and diving championships and he won the 200 IM as well he is a a French Olympian um, so yeah I'm very excited for him and I'm scared that he is going to dominate the United States (laughs) for years to come at the Olympic Games
2: so that is what's happening on the Olympic sports side of things I know Jake you're excited about the QB battle that you've been covering for the past couple weeks now spring ball is in full force um what have you seen from uh, the football team and, and everything going on over there?
0: I do want to preface this with this is spring ball. This is not real football. Not that quarterbacks get hit anyway in practice, but it's, I mean, we we're only a couple of days into wearing pads. Like these guys were wearing t shirts and shorts <laughs> the first couple of days. So we're purely talking about what we're looking at from what they're throwing. Jaden Rashad's got the best arm out of any of them but this is a kid, and I mean a kid that's supposed to be graduating in high school this semester. So it comes down to, do you want to give the keys of your franchise, essentially, first year at the helm, Kenny Dillingham, to this kid, or do you want Trenton Borgay and or Drew Pine, Notre Dame transfer, the only two on the roster that have actual college experience, do you want them to lead your team? I kind of lead more toward the latter, but again, I think this season is you're just trying to be bowl eligible. You're trying to get... Six plus wins. Jaden Rashad is going to be the starter, in two—if—if if not next year, the year after that, how he, he could be the starter by the end of the year. Yeah, that's what I've seen in the first what six, seven practices. But again, we still have summer ball. We still have a fall camp. But offensively, I'm excited to see what this team has. There are some weapons out on there. When you got Elijah Badger, you got Jalen Connors, Messiah Winston, plus the transfers. Javon Jacobs has been—I
2: ex- heard a lot of good things.
0: He's been really good this spring.
2: Uh Jesse I I think when you're talking about the quarterbacks you want to know not only do they have the intangibles with the arm, the athleticism, you want to know if they have it up here. And from all accounts, from what I've heard about uh Jaden Rashada, he's got it up there.
3: Yeah, and I for me it's just Wow, that was a really bad voice crack. Um it, like I okay. high school. Uh okay. it's a fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any cash though. Um anyway, uh Jaden Rashada, like or any of these quarterbacks, the thing that matters the most to me is accuracy, because I I feel like that was the thing that last year ASU struggled with until they switched to Trenton Borgay was with the accuracy thing, and so I, that's really what I want is just to be able to move the ball after you know picking up after sticking with a, a ground attack, especially if you go with a run running a, a a young quarterback, then you want to you know, stick with the ground attack and kind of set him up in in good situations. And you want him to be able to complete those passes. So it's really accuracy. So Jake, my question for you is who has kind of looked like the most accurate of the quarterbacks? I don't really care about zip. Uh, we've had that, that discussion <laughs> before um, where it hasn't really panned out. Um, even though I, I've been very impressed with the zip that Rashada has shown. Who out of these guys... Has shown the most accuracy, in
0: your opinion, Rashada Meredith Borgay. Those are the three in terms of accuracy. Meredith.
3: Okay, cool.
0: No, he Ben 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 can play, like but he, he's young. He just has no experience. He's a, like Jacob Conover. I, I don't want to take him out either. Like there are five quarterbacks who could be the starting quarterback maybe in twenty twenty three, but they all have a little something that the other doesn't. Conover's got a big arm, but again, he's got like I think ten passes. It's it's a lot like. um Tyson last year, like, it, it, you you have technically experience, but Drew Pines actually played a whole season. Trenton Borghese played half a season. Those guys have proven that they can actually win you a football game at the collegiate level. Accuracy-wise, Trenton, we've seen what he can do. Ben can throw accurately. He's a bigger guy, too. He's 6'3", and then Rashada is pretty on point. But, again, we don't know what Kenny's asking them to do specifically. I can tell you what I'm seeing but I don't know if they're keying in on a certain guy. I don't know if from just talking to some receivers, this offense sounds like it's kind of like a Patriot offense into where you have to read the defense as it goes. Everyone's got to be on the same page. Quarterback has to be on the same page. And, Jesse, as you alluded to upstairs, we're not in the film room with these guys. So we don't know if they're doing everything correctly or not doing anything correctly. And then for the 8 billionth time, it's only spring ball. we got a long yeah, way to go.
3: I think that is a really important thing that you have said right there, Jake. It's spring ball. Um, it's You kind of take everything with a grain of salt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of hype around anybody's spring ball. I, I feel like no matter how good your season ends up being, it's really until you see that first game or first couple of games that you can really tell how good a team is going to be.
2: You know what I'm excited about, Jake? It, it, it goes back to what you were saying about the offense. I'm excited for for Kenny Dillingham, Bo Baldwin, and Sean Aguano to all kind of work together to bring this group together. Sean Aguano has done an excellent job with the running backs over the past three, four years, however many years he's been with the program. I want to see him. I, I'm excited to see him back solely coaching those running backs and, and making sure that they – are able to to play the game that they're supposed to play. And then also for Bo Baldwin, he's going to be coaching the quarterbacks, but not only that, he's going to be helping uh, Kenny Dillingham draw up the offense. So I'm really intrigued to see what this offense can do overall with those three coaches.
0: I'm really interested to see the step that Tevin White's going to take because we saw him used last year as, what, third string technically?
3: Yeah, they they burned his red shirt, so he is a sophomore.
0: But with that... I think he's going to be starting back, and then we'll see who these kind of the supplemental backs are going to be. But I think they'll. And we heard Trenton talk about how he's been dealing with this foot injury. Let's say Trenton is the starting quarterback. He's the incumbent starter right now. Drew Pine can move if he's the starter. I want to see how much the quarterback is utilized in this offense in terms of their legs and specifically designed runs. I mean, we didn't really see it at all, and not that you want to use it. To get yards, like you don't want your quarterback taking a pounding, but I, I do want to see when you have a guy like Rashada eventually. When because that's that's who this offense is designed for. A guy like Rashada, six four, but he's only one eighty five. And dude, when you see him, man, you're like, you your first thought is, "Damn, this kid's skinny," and then your second thought is, "This kid should be in high school still." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you don't realize how young this kid is. And I and I will say for an eighteen year old, if he's even eighteen, I don't know when his birthday is. But we'll just say he's an 18-year-old. For a kid that was going to get $13 million, allegedly, from Florida, you would not be able to tell. Because this kid, in the first time that we spoke to him a week ago, I lost count how many times he said he was just happy to be here. The kid is humble. In terms of a quarterback face, some people like to talk about it, he talks to talk. Now, he just got he has to get that opportunity. But one thing I love watching him in practice is if it's not his turn, he's going through the reps like in, in yeah. his motion. He's faking a handoff, he's faking a throw, and then Jeremy. you mean, uh, we were messing around with the videos. You see, Kenny, dude is literally running everywhere, and yeah. he's he's coaching each position. It's it's not just like he only cares about the offense. He's coaching everybody. He's Leading by example,
2: like that, that's what he wants. He wants his guys to exactly. hustle everywhere they go, and that's and that from practice how you play. That's that's literally what he wants.
3: Yeah, and that's uh, that's a step up from Herm because you would see Herm kind of just focusing with the defensive backs and kind of what he knows, which was good. And
2: and he he knew he knew how to coach his players and, and he knew like how to get you know build relationships with his players but to be able to go to each position group i think that's beneficial and that's something that i said when we were going into this coaching search i wanted someone that was a coordinator that had a specific position group not only to focus on but can focus on an offense as a whole and be super hands-on and i i think i i I like that about kenny Dillingham so far i will say the and and, you know people might not believe coach speak
0: but Jaden confirmed it like When Kenny was at Oregon and recruiting Jaden, he told Jaden, like, you don't, like, do what's best for you, man. Like, I would love to have you at Oregon, but if Oregon's not for you, go do what you need to do. And sure enough, just those relationships, which make you want to play harder for a guy, there's the reason why Jaden's here, right? And then everyone's talking about why is he wearing five? Do quarterbacks only wear? I can't remember who wore five. (laughs) That didn't play quarterback on offense.
2: uh, But,
0: like, who was the last offensive five that wasn't a quarterback? I can't remember off the top of my head because it's been so long. But the reason why he wears that is because his dad wore five. And he still (laughs) had that hand-drawn picture when he was a kid of him playing at ASU. And he gave it to Dillingham. So, I mean,
2: if you— Zane wore number five. But, I mean, offense kind of. So the
0: last non QB was Zane Gonzalez. That's well, how long I mean, ago.
2: But, we had Manny, that. but Manny also wore number five that year as a redshirt freshman.
3: Yeah, there's <laughs> there's probably been a defensive
2: five as well. Because That's what I'm saying. Offensive, wear, well, yeah, no, he's saying defensive offensive five, five is Chris Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. But yeah.
0: No, but I, in terms of a storybook quarterback,
2: oh, they had three number fives in
0: 2014. Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and 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 this is a good point too. There's no way Jaden's not going to start. Probably by his sophomore year, otherwise why would he come here?
3: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, he, know. I mean,
0: he could have gone literally anywhere, anywhere in the country. So there's, there's got to be something that he was either promised or said, "Hey, like you're going to be given a shot to compete," and then he obviously has. I mean, he and he did it after Pine transferred, right? It, it's, it's not like you know, it's kind of like last year when Emery came during the summer. Once that happened, you knew. Okay, well, he's probably gonna start or be the starter because there's no way you yeah. come in that late, no. right? So I think it's a little similar to that, but because of how young he is, I think he might sit a little bit, and maybe we see by week, you know, six, seven, eight, when the team's what four and three, four and two, we'll we'll see where they're at. Six and zero. Oh. <laughs> you hope? I,
3: I think he's gonna start week one. That's just my it's opinion. Definitely
2: possible. Really?
3: Yeah, I think he's gonna start week one because I just, from what I've seen on video and from what Jake has said and what you know I've seen people say there's just you've got to go with the best quarterback and if he's the and
2: if he's the best right now, if he's
3: the best right now, I n- I know experience comes into play, but like if he's the best, then you you gotta start him. Look at uh, there's been enough true freshman quarterbacks that have started and had success that it's 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 not a, out of the realm and he's here for spring practice which is different than him coming in in the summer.
2: I hate to bring this up because it's Florida related and I know you don't think Anthony Richardson is all that good but it's kind of what happened to Anthony Richardson in his freshman year that I think might be good for Rashada or his, it was his redshirt freshman year I believe. So what happened to him was that Emory was the starter and then he came in and out in and out kind of thing and then he was ready to kind of take over the reins the next year. I could see something along those lines happening with, with Rashada this year where either Pine or Borghese starts and Rashada is interchangeable, kind of have a couple packages for him to that's, throw in there. That's kind of what I think is going to happen. And we also will never get to truly
0: know this answer. How quickly is – I mean, there's six quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, to me, Max Clark, I don't think, has a, is in the race, but – how quickly are all these guys getting this offense? Because I mean, that, because that's going to be the easiest one. Who, who does Kenny trust the most? Because that's what it comes down to. If you don't trust the kid, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how far you can throw, how accurate you can throw it. Because if you throw it to the other team, that's a problem. <laughs>
3: also, Jeremy, I'm I'm sure that Anthony Richardson is a nice kid, but he was never ready to start at Florida.
0: And he go in the league. Yeah, he's going to be the number two overall pick. Yeah, because he
3: because he's got the intangibles that you need.
0: As the great Colin Cowherd said, I, I I don't like his tangibles. I think we got a pass catcher battle going on here too, man.
3: Talk about it.
0: Like, I don't really know who the number two receiver Like, if we're talking about pass catchers, to me it's 1A and 1B is, is Elijah and Jalen. But after that, like, it could be a variety of guys. Like, Xavier Guillory has been good at, at, at spring. Moquan Stovall has been impressive. Troy Omir is—I uh, haven't seen him in terms of like he hasn't popped out as much, but he's big man. He's six three two hundo. Like you notice him on like him and Roe Torrance have the same number nine, and you're both like
2: damn. Like Roe Torrance is six four though. But oh,
0: Troy man. is six three. Ro- right, they're both they're both big
2: number nines, and you're like, D-, and I'm not talking about soccer, Ro- Tor- dude. When I look at Roe Torrance, I think Cam Chancellor. Like that's what I think. of Wait,
3: wait a minute about. is. Roe Torrance is still here.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: that's awesome. I thought he transferred. League. I thought he was a league devil already. I thought he
2: transferred. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dude looks like he was ready to be in the league like five years ago. Yeah. Jordan Clark's still are, on the <laughs> team. Michael Matus is still on the team. Oh
3: yeah, I know. I know that Jordan Clark was still on the team, but and I knew that Michael Matus was still on the team. But <laughs> I, I just for some reason I thought Roe Torrance would transfer. Uh, are we are we podcasting again?
2: that that was a podcast, okay, yeah, yeah was, j-
3: just wanted to make sure, okay, Jeremy had to stopped to let's go see what's find this the sound bite,
2: Jesse
0: yo uh Robbie Harrison took over Nesta's number, Robbie Harrison is the biggest man I've ever seen on
2: college field, and he's a man, he's not even a kid anymore, you can't he's too big to be called a kid <laughs> to go to one of our opponents this year, he's not a man, he's not forty. <laughs> But yeah, he, this he, is the kid that everyone was raving about in the weight room last year. He's a man, but he's not forty, is what I should he's say.
0: He's the kid that can outlift everybody. and Now you finally get to see him, and you're like,
2: holy hell! Like, there's always those guys that you're like, they either got hurt in you know preseason or they're they're just young, in, yeah, and they're just young. And and then they come in, you're like, well, that dude. He like either he was undersized and bulked up, or he was always like that, and they just wanted to like he was raw and wanted to get him ready, kind of. Thing. Oh yeah, he was a true freshman yeah. last year.
3: So, in high schools, like, it's so weird because it just depends on where you go to high school a lot of the times. Because my high school, right before I got there, was donated this, like, unbelievable weight room. So nice. And our football players, like, our our left tackle that went to Virginia ended up being, like, 6'6", 300, ready to go, like, right away out of high school. But then there's some high schools where, like their weight rooms are nothing so it's just kind of depends on where you go to high school it also depends where on where you, you go
2: to college because if you go to alabama and you're two seventy, 270 you might not play right away yeah well that's <laughs> alabama that's alabama
3: what well, things win.
1: uh passion wins like today in the team meeting it was like do you love this it's like you wake up every day and do you love it if not leave because we want people who love it and come here every day with a passion about themselves to compete, right? And if you don't wake up every day and you don't love it, you're doing the wrong thing.
2: That kind of goes to what we're saying. Like, if you, with, with with the red shirt kind of thing, or if you don't play as much last year, if you don't love the grind and you don't want to continue to grind and get to that point, you will never make it on the field. And some of these guys have grinded, and they're going to get their chance. Yeah, and it's all about...
0: To take the Sixers, trust the process. But what that means is you do everything you need to. Why is Trenton Borgay the starter? And why did he have success last year? Because he practiced every day as if he was going to play so that when he did get in the game, it wasn't going to be that overwhelming. The results will take care of themselves if you do everything that you need
2: to. I know we were, like, to go back to last year, I know we were kind of surprised about how well Trenton did filling in in that Washington game. But at the same time, We had seen some flashes in some of the games, and you had obviously seen him in practice a little bit, that it wasn't too terribly shocking to see. We knew he would be the two. Right. Like,
0: we knew he was not going to be the third string just based on fall camp. Mm
3: -hmm. Did we?
2: Yes. Jesse was was convinced Paul Tyson was the guy. Because
3: of Alabama, which— I've learned that that doesn't mean everything. Just like, you know, tangibles (laughs) don't mean everything when you're talking about the NFL draft.
1: Everybody's kind of new here because the staff is new, so nobody has a competitive advantage via the scheme. But I like having these guys come in, and, you know, I'm open in dialogue. I want to hear, how did you read it? Everybody runs the same place. Everybody runs flat, corner, drive, cross, dig. Everybody runs it. How do you read it? How do you coach it? What are your feet tied with it? So I enjoy hearing how other people are coaching things because everybody learns different. So a footwork one kid should take should be different than a footwork another kid should take. It shouldn't just be the footwork I like. It should be the footwork of this kid can't stick and throw. He struggles with it. Okay, is there another timing we can create for this kid to get the ball out at the same time as the kid who sticks and throws without a stick and throw? So I love hearing how they've coached it, what they like, and how they've learned it.
3: You know, and maybe this is just like pure ignorance, but I never knew that like there were like different footworks and stuff that were effective in football. I thought like you had to have just kind of this one like good footwork and otherwise you're you're not going to do well. This kind of sounds like a golf coach to me. Yeah. where Where they're like, <laughs> you know, this might not work for anybody else, but. Your crazy swing can get it down the middle of the fairway, and or baseball, batting, like, yeah, batting, stands batting stands, or how, yeah.
2: how you throw the ball and your sidearm, or you know whatever. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, um, I apologize for that ignorance, but uh, I, I like, I love that approach that Kenny has. That it doesn't have to be my way or the highway. You know, we're gonna do what is gonna help you succeed.
2: It's good that he notices that too.
0: Yeah. Not not everyone's going to fit into the cookie-cutter portfolio, and I think because he's a younger coach who was probably, a, as a player and then coaching throughout the last decade—I he, mean, he's been doing it for 15 years, technically, since he was 17—he's mm-hmm. probably seen it firsthand. And you just look at the different type of quarterbacks. Like, look at Peyton Manning's feet compared to yeah. Tom Brady's feet. <laughs> What like they're com- they're completely opposites, but yet they're both the same style of quarterback. They couldn't move very well. They were just very cerebral yeah. and put the ball where it needed to be. And that doesn't include running quarterbacks. Guys, you can throw on the road. Uh, Look like, at Matt Stafford. Tom
2: Brady's the best QB sneaker of all time. So yeah, yeah. Stafford I mean. <laughs> throws it
0: throws it like it's a sidearm. Yeah. Yeah. Different arm angles. That's why Mahomes is having so much success because you can't bat down his ball. He'll just throw it differently. He'll throw it around you.
3: Yeah. Um I I do argue that Tom Brady is the top five rushing quarterback of all time, because, because if he's... you think if you think about <laughs> it, if you're the best at QB sneaking of all time, doesn't that make you like one of the best running quarterbacks of all time? It's a weird I'm I'm being 100 percent serious here. <laughs> it's like you're the best at. No, he's just rushing big. forward. He's just big. Yeah. But For like, a yard. Yeah. Yeah, but there's other quarterbacks that probably get stuffed more than him, so I put him in the top five. He's he's great at doing it. It's it might be the best thing he does of all the great things that Tom Brady does. His QB sneak might be his best attribute.
0: I would say his ability to read a defense. I think winning probably. Yeah. The, <laughs> just you 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 have to run plays before you can get to the sneak.
2: You have to at True. least gain nine yards.
0: True. It's True, just hand but
2: it, hand it to Daddy, Danny Woodhead though; he'll, he'll get you the nod. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I was thinking; I was trying to think of the best comedic name that I could find of someone on a Patriots Kevin offense. Kevin Falk. And, yeah, I, no, I, I think mean, Wood, he was pretty. good. I think actually. Danny Woodhead. It, I, I think that was a good one. I think I, I think I took the cake there. Who was
3: the guy who had like chin straps flowing all the way past his helmet? There were chin straps. What? He played for the Bengals too. Ben Jarvis Greenellis. Oh. That one's a good one. <laughs> um he had dude never trimmed down his chin straps they were just flying all over the place
2: last thing on on spring practice and then we'll move on to some i do have a question
3: for jake so so go on yeah
2: last thing last question for me to jake what have been i know you talked about kenny running everywhere and kind of being hands-on but what are the other vibes or takeaways that you have from spring practice so far I really want to curse, just because it would
0: really prove the point. Obviously can't, but it's freaking competitive out there, man. Like we got guys chirping at each other, and it's they're talking about. I'm giving you a game rep, right? Like we're talking about. You know, I say Johnson going up against Elijah Badger. I posted that. They're barking at each other. Elijah Badger's going to league. That's that, that. Like that is serious day in day out reps at a game level let alone at a potentially NFL level. So if Rowe can guard him, if Jordan Clark can guard him, and then Jalen Conyers, who is one of the shorter tight ends. Think about that. Jalen Conyers is a shorter tight end.
3: Mm-hmm. Hashtag League Devils, probably all of those guys. But my question for you, Jake, is, I mean, you kind of just talked about it a little bit, but we've gotten a lot into, like, the size of defensive guys. But just in watching, like, either one-on-ones or, or whatever team stuff, Who's really stood out and I know they can't tackle, but who's really stood out on the defensive side of the ball? Um, you know, other than just from a that guy's really tall factor.
0: <laughs> I mean, just because we we don't really get to see it as much, but Ro Roe Torrance is is cornerback is one. You know, he's C B one. Yeah. And he's CB1 for a reason. Just look at his stats last year, man. He was one of the better corners in the nation. Yeah. He's
2: secondary, man.
0: <laughs> so it and, – and for Jordan Clark, who's not yeah. a big guy, yeah. but he flies, man. Like he, like you, he'll go up for a 50-50 ball and he's going to hit you.
3: Reminds me of somebody I know.
0: <laughs> so it, it, it's just been fun to watch how competitive the offense is versus the defense. Yes, they're all teammates out there. But the way they're constructed mentally is it's us versus you, as in offense versus defense, which is how it's going to be in a game. Like Again, I'm not actually equating this to literal war, and it's a completely different mindset, and it's mm-hmm. a completely different thing altogether. But these guys are getting ready to go to battle, man. Like I, I, cannot, awesome. I cannot wait to see these guys actually start hitting other teams instead of each other.
3: By the way, I was referencing Jordan Clark's dad who was not the biggest I, person I think, ever. I think we got and that. could fly. Around. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I, I think we understood what you were go- going for there. Um, now let's go over to basketball. Tough end to the season. We talked about, or Jake and Jesse talked about it the night of, uh, I guess that was last Friday now. Wow. It's been so, it, it's, it feels like it hasn't been that long, but ASU men's basketball, their season ended last Friday in a tough game, uh tough fought game against TCU in a game that they were up by as many as 12 points in the second half and they just couldn't put TCU away some of the key play, two of the key players that were on this team uh will i guess be on another uh, other teams next year DJ Horn Most likely DJ Horn and Jemiah Neal are most likely going to transfer as they both entered the transfer portal. And then Enoch Bawachi, who we all had high hopes for and didn't get a lot of playing time uh, this year and last year, he's also going to transfer, or in the transfer portal at least. Um, Jake, your thoughts on a key player like DJ and another key guy off the bench in Jamaya, who probably would have been vying for a starting position uh, this coming year, uh, now transferring.
0: So it's kind of a two-parter.
2: Any time a kid transfers, it's
0: does he know that other kids are coming in via the portal or via recruiting that will take his spot? Does he not like the coach DJ specifically? We don't have the specifics, but we do know that he was away from the team for a game, yeah, and then came back, became a starter again, and and
2: did really well. And him yeah. and Bobby seemed to be fine for the rest of the season.
0: Exactly. So, and then you look at a guy like Jemiah who again. Wasn't in the starting lineup, so in terms of playing time, that one makes even more sense. Enoch is the same thing. I've checked in with ASU, so I know this is correct. Luther Muhammad and Des Cambridge Jr. are the only ones who technically have no eligibility left.
3: Yeah, right. even though there was a report out this week that said that Luther Muhammad was entering the transfer portal. He does not have any eligibility left. So if you're thinking that you're going to see Luther Muhammad pop up on another college basketball team
0: next year, you're wrong. It's not going to happen. But my point is Warren Washington can still play for this team. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. So I think that would be... And, he, and he's a guy that... ASU hasn't had an athletic big like that. Like the last guy that was seven foot that could move was Jordan Pachinsky. But I mean, he wasn't as offensively sound as Warren Washington is. Yeah.
3: Um, You know, I just think that there's always the factor of you're going to maybe try to enter the portal, look around to see if there's better NIL opportunities. And then, you know, if there's not, then you come back and – you know, it's on – I I hate – like, I don't want to call out the fans because there's – you know, everybody's – this is a hard place to live as far as inflation and everything. So, I mean, it's just like the NIL at ASU I feel like could still use some work. Um, yeah, 100%. And so, you know, in but order – But the bikes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> $13 it,
0: million dollar bicycle deal. Jay yeah, we don't know nope. if it's $13 million.
3: <laughs> we know it's, for a fact
2: it's not that much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, though. Anyway. Need to preface that, though.
3: <laughs> the Brewsters and whoever,
2: the NIL game. Jesse, you're, that, that's you're gonna, an alum. Get, get in on the action. Okay, Come on.
3: I can I, 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 <laughs> I feel like that would compromise me from a journalistic perspective. So I am not going to do that. But if you're just a fan who's a booster or whatever, uh, in order to keep some of these guys, you know, they're going to have to have good NIL deals. Um, so, you know, that that's my opinion on it. And that's just the if, whether or not you like NIL doesn't matter at this point. I think it's here to stay. They might regulate it more, but it's, basically listen it's working it's working the,
2: the University of Miami, both where women's and men's teams are in the elite eight, yeah, because of nil
0: yeah <laughs> I'd be willing to say that Miami has some graduates who are financially doing a little bit better than. Most Arizona State graduates. Listen to
2: me. We have people that have won Nobel prizes and stuff that went to this school. Nobel prizes don't.
0: Nobel prizes don't get you. Jimmy Kimmel. I
2: I don't care. There, there are a lot of famous people. This is the biggest public university in North America. There are some wealthy people that went to directly. (laughs) I'm
3: here. We go directly. This is to you. You have a bowl game now. Jimmy Kimmel.
2: get in you pay on for the, the ball game.
3: Get in on the NIL collective at Arizona State University. You know, get Cousin Sal in on it. Uh get Aunt Chippy, uh Guillermo, everybody pitch in for Arizona State Athletics.
0: <laughs> I will say and this really comes down to the athletic program as a whole. Like DFA needs an upgrade. Yeah. It is 100%. it, it it is literally like you're back in a 1975 time portal in there, man. When you walk in, like it, it's serviceable, but there's just so many. Like, like, if you're trying to actually compete and 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 be a top 50 team in the in the league every year, or in the country, I should say, like, like Weatherup's a nice place, but yeah. but it's like this is where you play, yeah.
3: And But the one thing that I do not want to happen, I'm very pro-renovation of Desert Financial Arena or new arena, same spot. I am not in favor of them moving to a potential new Coyotes Arena off campus.
2: That would be a horrible decision. It's barely off campus. I don't care. It's working out really well for baseball. That's really well. <laughs> It's be- like it's literally you There's could walk. a lot of just, you could you could walk there. Like they they have sh- they'll have shuttles going there. Yeah, like
3: I it just I don't like it. I don't like I don't like the idea of an off-campus basketball facility. Espe- barely off campus. Especially as somebody that covers the women's team, it just for me it just seems like a direct correlation to. There's not going to be that many fans at a women's game, and that would really bother me. And, and so there's already not enough fans at women's games in general. I I just don't, I I don't want anything that is baseball is completely different. I feel like because it is such a storied program, they don't have that in, uh, even in the women's basketball program, it's not gotten to the level that the, the baseball program has ever gotten to. So I just, I just do not want that to happen. I think that you've got to renovate the facility. You guys can disagree You guys are entitled to your own opinion. But I also think that a 16,000-seat arena for ASU, for uh, basketball, is way too big. They need to be in the 8 to 10 range. They've proven that they can get more than that. Yeah, but I think that... I think it needs to be 15. uh, Yeah, I don't... But I'm more for smaller all the time so that you always have a packed house than big enough to support the one or two games a year that you can get more than that. That's what Baylor's doing They're They just won the national championship in men's. They have, I believe two women's titles and they, they're building a, an 8,000 seat arena because they just want to create that great atmosphere at every single game that they have.
0: I'd say Waco's
3: off, obviously a different animal than uh, Tempe Phoenix. Yeah. And it probably
2: one that supports college sports more because that's all they got. Yep. Um, we failed to mention that Bobby Hurley has been extended. Uh, that's through the 2025 26 season, correct, Jake? Correct. Um, so he will be here. 24, 25, 26, 25, 20, or 26, 27. Mm.
3: No, next year, year yeah. after, which is 24, 25, and 25, 26. Yeah,
0: 25, 26. Yeah, yeah. So you're right, yeah. originally.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, so he'll be back uh, for this coming year and the year after that and the year after. Three seasons. That Yeah. Three seasons. There you go. Yep. Um, so. Continuing to build that the program that he's been building since 2014 here, um, 15. fifteen.
3: Our math is really not great on this, but we we're, we went to journalism school oh, yeah. just to let you know. I mm-hmm. was
0: I was an intern with now men's basketball SID Connor Smith. The two of us were handing out the microphones at Hurley's intro presser, so that's so why you know. I, that's yeah. why I remember the date. Um, yeah.
2: So, to go along with that, Devin Cambridge is returning, and this is before we. Before we are done with basketball, this is something that I wanted to talk to you guys about because I'm I'm really excited about a possibility of a big lineup with Warren, with uh, Duke Brennan, and with Devin taking the three spot that his brother leaves behind. Wow, those
0: are big coconuts. Though. What do
2: you what do you guys think about that? A Duke Brennan, Warren Washington, and Devin Cambridge lineup.
0: Uh, it would be <laughs> not what we're used to. I tell you
3: that from Hurley. Yeah, uh, it would be like when I play as the all-time Lakers on 2K, <laughs> and <laughs> I go and you <laughs> and you no. put Shaq at the three. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I think it's more like. No, it's, it's Mike and at the two. So it's, it's, Kobe the the two. It's, it's Kobe at the one. Mike at the two. It's <laughs> Kobe at the one. Mike in at the two. Shaq at the three. Wilt at the four. Kareem at the five. Perfect.
0: Mike and in invented a drill where you don't leave the, under the basket. So you, yeah, I, but, but the thing is, is I get every rebound
3: and it helps. And then I just kick it to Kobe for three. Perfect. Or give it to Shaq R. and he R. backs P. people down. Yeah, it's it's the best it, the all time Lakers. I gotta tell you, great team to play as on two K.
2: <laughs> but you see some of the teams that have made it to the Elite Eight, they got a lot of size, right? They got players that are six foot eight, six foot nine, yeah. playing small forward.
3: Yeah, uh, they lost in the first round, but you know how much I like Drew Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> And I dude, think length, I hyped him length, up a little bit too much.
0: Length makes your defense so much better, man. You intercept, get tips so much more on the passing lanes. Blocks, and if they're just closeouts, if
2: they're just gonna continue to not shoot the ball well, you gotta just put all your coconuts in on defense. <laughs> this is what I
3: want them to attack, or Hurley to attack in the transfer portal is shooting. That's what I want to see. I want to see somebody that can come in and just be like. You know somebody that's going to go three for five from three in a game. Austin Nunez. Yeah, maybe maybe he takes that step up, but other than Austin Nunez, I want a couple more shooters in there. Maybe someone that's a starter coming in.
2: Um, Frankie needs to shoot more. Correct. But anyway, but I I don't want him driving to the basket as much as he does, because he's scared to do that because he knows he's going to get fouled.
3: But but anyway, he can
2: shoot the three. I've seen it.
3: Anyway, with the Hurley extension, though, going back to that, I'm pro the extension. I think it, it's what they should have done. Um, obviously, he just led them to the round of 64 in the NCAA tournament. However, now I think the pressure's on to get to the round of 32. That's what I want to see. I want to see get to the round of 32, and I really want to see them get to a Sweet 16. That. You know, it's, that would be fun. It's not that hard to get to a Sweet 16. We just saw FAU get to an Elite 8. <laughs> FAU. If FAU can get to an Elite 8, Arizona State can get to an Elite 8. That's just. If Miami can get to an Elite 8, Arizona State can get to an Elite 8.
0: Bobby Hurley is the best coach in men's history other than Ned Wolk. Yeah. Just, but I, if you just I'm look just, at the facts of what he's accomplished, that's why he deserved the extension. As, but I don't as I wrote. care about On the Arizona past.
3: Sports.com. I'm looking around the country here, and I'm seeing these programs like Florida Atlantic, out of Conference USA, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Creighton in the Big East. Cre-
3: cre- the Big East. They're in the Big East. The but Big still, East is a great conference. Creighton.
2: Yeah, Creighton's made the. That's what my dad said last night. Last night he goes Creighton. <laughs> Prin- They're in the Elite Prin- Eight Same one ASU
3: beat Princeton, <laughs> Princeton made the Sweet 16 If Princeton can make the Sweet 16
2: hey, They beat ASU in uh, 2019 Yeah, but if again if, if, sorry. If, if
3: Princeton can, beat, can get to the Sweet 16 ASU can get to the Sweet 16 I don't think that we should put the past Into any of this discussion Because if you just look at the national landscape Some of the schools that are doing You know okay in the tournament asu can do better then
0: but this is the law of big numbers which has everything to do with the past any team can get hot and win a couple games but if going back to the process there's a reason why all these schools don't do this the next year didn't do it last year it's hard to repeat you got schools like ucla who yeah they are pretty disappointed with how stuff happened this year injuries did not help them but that's a team that has been doing the same fundamental things year in and year out, and that's why they're always competitive. U of A always competitive, always expected to do great. You look at these smaller schools who get hot; they won their tournament. Some teams don't even win their tournament and they get in, right? <laughs> and they get hot, and they end up winning a big game. They get confident. They they they've been their coach gets confident. Oh, I, I the more I watch Purdue, the more I want to play them, the more I think we can beat them. And you zone in on that one team, and you're able to get. A couple wins in a row. Now, most of these teams, do they ever win it all? No. The Cinderella's usually die at eventually because there is a team that is so fundamentally sound and has been doing it for years. The coach has been doing it for years, and it gets them to the point to where when you get down to four or five possessions in a game, one team's going to have that experience and know what to do, and it's more second nature. The other team might get a little more wide-eyed because, oh my God, I'm in the final four. I didn't, I didn't even think we were going to win our conference tournament.
3: Yeah, I would just like to say, though, that like VCU went to the Final Four in 2011, and yeah, they haven't been back that far, but no matter who has been their coach, they have had a cycle of coaches since then. They have parlayed that into basically becoming a perennial tournament team, even if they do not win the Atlantic 10, which is, which is pretty impressive. They're always hanging around a
0: 10 seed, an 8 seed, something like that. But, Florida Gulf Coast, George Mason. What's happened to them? They had a good run. Coach leaves. That's true. Gets a better which, job. I mean, Wichita State, they had a run for a while. But there. that's my point. There, there is a, there's a Butler. big difference. It's the law of big numbers. There's a big difference between a team that gets hot and makes a run. Like the, the easiest example I can think of locally is when the Cardinals made the Super Bowl. That was not a Super Bowl team. They just got hot at the right time. Yeah. Which can win you a title. But when you look at what happens the, the following years, you're expected to be... That competitive again, and you're not really that team. Yeah. It it, 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 it and it, and that's a coach's mentality of I would rather I would rather play this way, and we might not win every game, but this will help us get to this level more so than doing everything you can to win six, seven in a row,
2: which usually doesn't even happen anyway. I think what you're trying to say is if they continue to get to this point. Bobby's going to continue to get the coaching experience and he's going yeah, to continue. Under- you're going to get over the hump. Yeah. He's Eventually gonna- it'll work. Yeah.
0: You've had, you've had some, and I mean some heartbreaking, brutal losses in the tournament, sure. which suck, but it's, you learn so much more from that than you do from, from winning and when you're not expected to, when you go on a Cinderella story esque run. And, and I think it, it, it just bodes well. You just gave Bobby the confidence. Hey, We've given you three more years. We really think that you could get us to a Sweet 16, and they, he definitely could. But you've got to continue putting put it in the work. You got to get the guys. You've got to get the guys to buy in. Like, look, look at Kenny's doing. Kenny's not going to make a team win the pack this year. Three years, they could compete with Utah. They got talent. Listen, anything could happen. It, it, you, you got to. It's, it's <laughs> getting better every single day. One percent, half a percent. Yeah,
2: and I think also like if they. To go to your point about the George, Mason, George Masons and uh, who, who the Florida, Florida, Gulf Florida, Coast. Florida Gulf Coast, if it happens here at ASU, like they get to a Sweet 16, they make a run, they get to the Elite Eight, one of the two, whatever, or both, then it can be continuous success from there because people want to come here to play at ASU for Bobby Hurley. They want to be at a big university with different majors, with all this stuff. It, it could happen here. It could be built here. At schools like that, it's a flash in the pan kind of thing. But if it start, yeah. if they start to make it that far, it can be kind of a program elevator. That's what I'm elevator. saying. That's what I'm saying.
0: Because success is not always going to be linear. It almost never is. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. But you're going to go back up again, and you're never going to be back down. And there's differences in ASU. What are we asking for? Get to the round of 32. Get to the Sweet 16. You get to the Sweet 16, that's the cherry on top. We did it, boys. There are other schools who are like, yeah, that's a that's a expectation. Yeah. Look at U of A,
3: U of a is very disappointed.
0: U of A is pissed because they lost in the first round to a 15 seed. Yeah. They're mad. They're expecting Final Fours. So, like, I,
3: and I – um. Like UVA is mad about their women's program, who was terrible for years, got to the championship game a couple years ago. And so now they have this expectation. And then, uh, the, you know, this year they were, I think, a seven seed, won one game, and everybody's mad. So it's like that, that, that's cool. It's just, it's completely different when you have a powerhouse program. Like this past year, they, I believe, they won the Cotton Bowl,
0: Alabama, complete disappointment. That's why people are so upset about ASU's program this last year even the last even the or the Herm Edwards era it didn't do what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Like there's expectations that you win 8-9 games a year here and then every, and, th- and that's the base, right? And then maybe you can go for the playoff, go for a Pac-12 championship. And they didn't come anywhere near that. Uh-huh.
2: We got to get we got to find someone new because obviously
0: this ain't working.
2: Yeah. Um couple things before we get out of here, uh ASU baseball they're facing off against uh, the team from down south this weekend. They won yesterday six to five uh, very fun game if you want to head over to Muni and check that out off highly campus. recommended pardon off campus location
3: different different situation it's <laughs> it's baseball here it's not basketball or football
0: peter
2: out there. You all right? I did peter out. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just have nothing else to say. <laughs> um, right, I'm done. The game tonight is at six o'clock, and then the game tomorrow against U of A is at four. Oh, four! Hmm. Uh, nice game. Nice uh, four o'clock start. Uh, if you want to go Coyotes at at noon, and then you go straight to Muni after that. And, there you go. And there you go. If you um, have disposable income. Either way, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Shout out uh, Leon Marchand again because he's uh, really good. Kenny, Kenny, a Glass tweeted, heard I clocked it to
0: 24.87 miles per hour, like, sprinting. And Kenny Dillingham, quote, tweeted, just goes, driving home? a <laughs> <laughs> Glass is an offensive lineman, for those who don't know. <laughs> on the On the bike. <laughs> on the bike. <laughs>
2: All right. That's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun, Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, at AZSportsDevils. You can read all Jake's stuff on ArizonaSports.com. For Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao.